folks. The Field and Garden Podcast is honored to be partnering with the Growing for Market magazine. They have been publishing practical ideas and information for direct market flower and vegetable growers for over 31 years. All the articles are written by farmers who get their hands dirty and know what they're doing. The magazine is still on the same mission as when the Flower Farmer book author Lynn Bozinski founded this magazine back in 1992 to connect growers with the best ideas from other growers. There is dedicated flower content in every magazine, a decade's worth of back issues and over 1,600 archived articles from writers like Aaron Benzenkang, Gretel Adams, Pamela and Frank Arnowski, and Jonathan and Megan Lease, all available on the website. With 10 new issues every year available on paper, digital, or both, you're guaranteed to find something to fine-tune your farm and growing for market. So if you do farmer's markets, CSA, farm stands, pick your own florist sales, or wholesaling, whether you're a commercial grower or you just want to grow like one, subscribe to Growing for Market for the nitty-gritty details of growing, marketing, and the business of local farming. And I have a special offer for you. Use the coupon code WORKSHOP to get 25% off any subscription to the original Farmer to Farmer magazine at growingformarket.com. Hey friends, welcome back to another episode of the Field and Garden Podcast. It is your host, Lisa Mason Ziegler, and thanks so much for dropping in. And friends, today is one of those philosophical reflections. Um, It is October of 2022. Um, I began flower farming in 1998, and after about, I would say, between years five and ten, somewhere in there, I really began planning in much bigger chunks beyond like the next season or even the next year. And a lot of it is coming to fruition now. A lot of it is, 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 is happening, is here. And I just thought this would be a really great time to encourage people while I know better than anybody how easy it is to get overwhelmed and overcome in the heat of the moment there is a bigger picture. But before I jump into all of that, I just want to thank all of our listeners. Um, I appreciate the reviews. If you're enjoying the podcast, please, you know, give us a review. That's what drives the podcast apps to show our podcast to other people that don't know about us. And we just really appreciate it, sharing it with your friends. Um, and You know, when the day comes that you want, you need some tools, seeds, and supplies, um, and you are perhaps um, looking to up your education, we appreciate it when you think of the Gardener's Workshop because the, um, the cash engines of this business are what support all of these other resources that we just love offering to you. So we just ask you to consider us. And I don't know if you know about it or not, 
but we actually have a phone app now. It's called Gardener's Workshop Live Shop, and it is my live shopping show that um, we host once a week. It's now, at this time, happening on Fridays at 12 noon Eastern time. And friends, it is just a way for me to share kind of what's going on on the farm, like what tools and flowers or seeds that we're starting or flowers we're harvesting or chores I'm doing, or maybe even what season we're in. Like, for instance, heading into the holiday season of um, Christmas, we have brought back a lot of exclusive products that are related to gardening and flower arranging that we used to sell at the shows that we did that there will not be added to our big website, but we're offering them through our app during this holiday season, not only for you, but great Christmas gifts, practical Christmas gifts. And so if you're interested in checking that out, you can find the app in your app store. Just search Gardener's Workshop Live Shop, and I would love for you to come. Suzanne and I do it live from here at the farm. Um, we typically have some kind of um, harvest, whether it's dried or fresh or seedlings um, that we're sharing that day, and it's just a lot of fun. So I think I'm naming this podcast, Start at the End and Work Backwards in Your Planning. And what I mean by that is it is so easy as a farmer to get caught up in the, um, in the moment because we always go to bed with more to do than we woke up to do, right? I mean, that was one of the struggles that I had to really overcome early in my career, and it was thanks to my neighbor, Oliver Hertzler, who was a dairy farmer um, of a couple of farms that were 60 miles apart, a dairy farmer, corn farmer, you know, all the things that go with dairy farming. And then he went on to board horses on his dairy farm that was next to me up until about four or five years ago. And Oliver shared with me one day as I was on the verge of heat stroke, that was back when I worked by myself. And I mean, I had, I just never felt accomplished. I felt like at the end of every day, I still had so much left to do more than when I woke up that I thought I had to do. Right. And it just was killing me literally. And I was out there, you know, it was like two o'clock on a day and I was out there harvesting flowers and Oliver comes pulling up on his tractor because he was bush hogging the um, pastures and said, what in the world? You look like you're about to drop. And I just burst open and said, oh my gosh, Oliver, I just feel like I'm never going to get it done. I go to bed with more to do than I wake up. And he said, let me tell you something. And his words of wisdom changed the way that I farmed. He said that because we are working with living, growing, ever-changing things, that that is the way that it happens. You are going to go to bed with more to do when you wake up, but the way that he managed it is that he drew a line in the sand. He said, I work Monday through Friday. I work from, you know, 5 a.m. till 4 o'clock in the afternoon, and if it can't get done during those hours, it's not getting done. On Saturday, I take my boys and the misses into town for haircuts and shopping. And on Sunday, of course, is the Lord's Day. And 
he didn't really share with me about how he triaged to to cherry pick what needed to be done, but that's what I took away from what he said to me. You set the numbers of hours that you are going to do this, and then you just have to figure out what is the most significant, important, and impactful that needs to be done, right? And that's where I progressed from. And that's how I took the step from saying, all right, when I walk across the driveway in the morning to my work building, I go over, I try to be over there at this time and I am done at this time. And all evening, because it used to be friends, every window I looked out, all I saw were things that had to be done. I would try to go out and do it. I felt pulled on Sundays. We don't work on Sundays. I felt guilty about not working on Sundays. Um, And that resolved all of that. But that began my journey of being able to plan. And instead of just talking about planning for next season, which, you know, I try to plan in my mind. I'm thinking, where is the cool flower garden going to go next fall? Because that affects where I'm planting spring and summer crops, right? You know, I do all that business. But I began planning in five-year increments. And, you know, if you've been following me more than a nano minute, you know that I'm in the middle of the city and I cannot have any hoop or greenhouse structures, which I felt really penalized that back in the beginning. But now I am so grateful that I don't have any structures as I am going into, you know, 25 years, a quarter of a century, two and a half decades of flower farming, and I am winding down. Um, I'm glad that I don't have structures that I have to deal with to eliminate or get rid of or do something about, right? So as I started planning in five-year increments um, and I couldn't have structures, what became really apparent to me is, and as I've mentioned in past podcast, you know, I'm a severe dyslexic learning disabled individual. And what that means is having my um, areas, my environment organized and non-chaotic helps me to focus and get my work done in a very efficient way. And so I began this five-year plan of not only my business, but of beautifying my home, meaning my yard, my environment, and creating a creature habitat. And um, I am now reaping the benefit of that. You know, 25 years in, it's actually about 15 years into actually doing all of that to making my gardens, my working gardens more uniform, more efficient, um, and also creating the landscape around my farm to not only benefit my flower farm, um, mostly not from really cutting it, which I can cut some of it, but mainly creating home base for all of the creatures and the wildlife that make it possible for me to be an organic gardener and farmer, meaning native plants, um, permanent plantings, where creatures can live year-round. You know, my motto is that I want to roll out the red carpet to all of the beneficial insects, birds. You know, we have turtles, frogs, all those things that contribute 
to the environment and consume the pests on my farm. Um, I want to roll out the red carpet, but then I want them to feel like they never have to leave here because right outside of my property are people having their yard sprayed for mosquitoes, which does in fact harm other creatures. Um, people, you know, spraying their lawns, people just doing stuff that people do out of naivety and ignorance um, and how much of an impact that has on wildlife. Um, I mean, the the frog population and toads on our farm is blooming ridiculous. We have so many frogs and frogs, um, amphibians, um, is are really an indication of what your environment's like. They're at the bottom of the barrel as far as they get, everything washes to them, if you think about that. You know what I mean? The rain washes everything you do, and they are the partakers of that. And they are a real indication of what your environment's like. So I work really hard to make it so we invite all these creatures in, but then we try to provide everything they need so they never have to leave here. Yes, they do leave. Some do, but we really try to make it so they don't feel the need to venture out. You know, we fill all of their needs. Um, so this five-year plan was like I went to the end of my farming career and said, what do I want at the end of this? And, you know, for me, I wanted a big, fat retirement account. And I wanted to beautify my farm and beautify and create all the spaces that we're going to be able to really partake in once my flower career is over. And because, friends, you have to be smart. Because all of that during my flower farming years are what are better known as business expenses. If they benefit your farm, you know, I mean, you have to be reasonable. I'm not sure that a hardscaped patio would be a flower farming expense, Um but those are the types of that, that it's the native borders, it's the shrubs, it's the equipment that you need to do all these things. Um, I tried to make all of that legal, because y'all know I'm a rule follower, right? To make it true and right, but to also benefit my business as much as possible. And my business is ultimately to benefit Steve and I for the end result, which is at the end, um, is to have a beautiful place for us to live and have our family and, and to enjoy and to be able to share and, um, just to make the most of that. Right. And so that's really become, and you know, it's even gone a further level now that we, my business has evolved. So we started in 1998. I first sold just a florist for, three years, I think. Then I started doing the Williamsburg Farmer's Market um, and then doing more and more florists and farmer's market. Then I created my um, on-farm members-only flower market and the bouquet subscription. Then we started doing more farmer's markets. Then we discovered supermarkets about 12 years in um, which ultimately led us to give up farmer's markets because we could sell 
um, more volume and it was all pre-sold and it was just an easier sell and we didn't have to work on Saturdays. Um, and then we went full evolution. Then I knew that I was taking the, my foot off the pedal of high production. We then started weaning some of our customers off. Supermarkets went first. Um, and then we weaned our florists off. As I moved into this model that we're in now of providing education um, and still growing a pretty jumbo, big size cutting garden, but it is to benefit all of our other projects that we do. We're not selling the flowers anymore. Um, it allows us to do all of these things to educate people um, and to show them how we're doing it, which is not really a possibility when you're still selling flowers, right? And so my farm, the big working gardens are kind of getting trimmed down and we're ramping up the, the native parts, the, the, not the land, it is landscape, but it's not landscape as in mulched area. Um, we have a different method of doing that, but yet we maintain it in a way that our neighbors are pretty happy about it. We keep the edges of our property very well manicured. Um, and that allows it to look very neat and tidy. Um, and within our property, it appears pretty neat and tidy, but there are a lot of wild areas. Um, it's all in the way that you maintain them. And that just allows me to, again, use my business to benefit and I've done that by looking at what I want in the end. And you may not even know what you want in the end yet. But so every five years, I have fine-tuned um, my forecast for the next five years. And I was just talking to Ellen Frost yesterday. We were doing a podcast. And um, I, I said that I quit during my flower farming years before I was so heavily into education and book and online course production. Um, every November as a flower farmer, I wanted to be in a position that I could say I quit. That I wanted to say, all right, I'm quitting. And then two weeks from now, I'll decide whether I'm moving forward next year. I needed that option in my life. Um, just meaning that I didn't carry debt. Obviously, I mean, I could just stop my business at any given time. Um, and that's not every business's model, but that was my model. That's how I learned to live with this enormously laborious, hard work, potentially overwhelming business that I found a way to manage. But part of that way to manage was is that I quit every fall and restarted every winter, you know? Um, and that just, in my mind, yes, I still planted a fall-planted cool flower garden, but I had the option of whether I was going to restart next year after I recovered from the exhaustion of this year. And by rethinking my five-year plan each year, you know, um, I'm currently in year two of a five-year plan, and it's a real pivotal point. Um, I think that the next five years, which would be seven years from now, kind of look very similar to what I'm doing now, but stuff happens, y'all. Stuff happens, whether it's, you know, the health of a family member or 
you know, I mean, a lot of stuff can happen, right? And I am just so grateful I am where I am, but it didn't just happen. You have to do some big thinking. And I'm not saying that I sat down and wrote out a business plan. I'm thinking, all right, until 2025, we are going to keep on growing this big, ferocious garden. We're going to keep on doing these lives every week. We've introduced the live shopping show, which brought in a whole nother awesome component because during the harvest season, that's what we show every week and I talk about. So that's become a really great part of that. Where is that going? I have no idea, but I can tell you it's been hugely successful. People love it. People want to see the end result of the flowers, Um, you know, and so that's what I'm talking about. So in 2025, what am I going to do? What am I going to be thinking? It's not really something I share really either before it happens because it, it you know, Stevie's going to be retiring. He owns a big company. Um, it's a family business. So just like my business, it is very different, friends, when you go to work for somebody else every day. And then when you have I mean, in Steve's case, his father started the business in 69, and we are so grateful that the three third-generation family members have come on board to carry his company forward. It can change a whole lot, just like the Gardener's Workshop can, and I'm in the same boat. I have other family members that are involved, right? So we hope that we are building a legacy company, Um, and that is what we we really, really want. So what I'm saying is in 2025, depending on what Stevie's doing, really affects what I'm doing. But I want to say that the last 15 years of us, first off, building a work building for me, for the flower farm, which also is just a big giant garage, would be our dream place to put our vehicles, right? But is full of flower farming stuff, And where we do show shooting, that's our staging. Um, You know, that would be great to have it back for our vehicles to not have cold, snow-covered cars. (laughs) You know, and we have built a building for Steve that is the home to all of our farm equipment. You know, the tractors and the mowers and all the equipment it takes to keep our native areas in check. Um, And all of this stuff will evolve to become amazing stuff for us to be able to have here on our property when we're no longer involved in a day-to-day business, right? So friends, I'm just saying, think beyond. And it's not something you have to commit to. It's just like, all right, what do I want to be doing in five years? In five years, do I want to be doing weddings and events? Or in five years, do I want to just be wholesaling? And just working Monday through Friday, you know, from 6 to 2, which is really a great fit for wholesaling. Um, Or do I want to be doing farmer's markets and my kids will be going along and helping me? That's the kind of stuff I'm talking about. Because when you know where you're going, it helps you to get there easier, right? So, friends, um, thanks for joining me here on the Field and Garden Podcast, which is a production of the Gardener's Workshop And the Gardener's Workshop now has a second podcast, Seed Talk with Lisa and Lane. And um, I invite you to find that on your podcast app.
and subscribe and give us a review. We're trying, it's brand new. So we need help, friends. We need your help in that. And friends, until we meet again on one of my live events or right here on the Field and Garden Podcast, ciao.